We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another live show. And it's no longer called Locker Room. It's now called uh, Spotify Green Room. So welcome to Spotify Green Room. This is very cool. And I love the new app features. And I'm excited to do this. So, Pierre, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Finally, it's getting nice out, enjoying the weather. Hope you are too, Tyler. Yes, sir, man. It's getting really nice out there. You know, again, upper 80s. Right now, it's the perfect weather. Like, it's not too hot, not too cold. We're like in that mid-70s, early 70s. I love it like this. So, um, mm-hmm. no, Malcolm, no Malcolm with us today. He's in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, you know, this guy's enjoying his summer right now. Peter, do you wish you were in Las Vegas, Nevada? Uh, yes. Don't you? Uh, I've never actually been to Vegas. Something I, I do need to experience. Next year, yeah, I will be 21, so I feel like I should wait. Ooh. So, <laughs> uh, Okay, Pierre, I got, I, got, I got a trick question for you. What's the capital of Nevada? Uh, isn't it Carson or something like yeah, that? Wow, nice. Carson City, yeah. I yeah. thought you were going to guess Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I know my geography. Okay, I didn't know that about you, so that's sweet. Okay. All right. I want to get into something very interesting because, obviously – Right now, we're in the middle of June right now. Just not really much to talk about on the football side of the ball just because, you know, the draft's been way over a month now. We're actually almost two months in, you know, since the draft. And, you know, there's just not really much to talk about on the football side. Obviously, we're not personally there uh, at OTA, so we can't see what what actually happened in person. We're just going off what we read off. But I do want to go on something interesting and something that we've never been able to talk about, and it's the transparency of – this new Lions team and we saw something that was very unique and something we just have never seen from the Lions side. We've seen maybe from other NFL teams and Pierre, do you watch hard knocks or have you ever watched hard knocks? Yes, I have. It kind of gave you not to like the full like degree of hard knocks, but it kind of gave you some hard knocks a little bit with the Lions now doing this new series, not new, but inside the den. They've had inside the den for a while, but um, you know they've added just more transparency and like it's just so much more vivid details to these inside the dens and like they're so much better. Like they went from like a ten minute YouTube video now to like damn near forty minutes now, so it's it's insane. So 
Uh, I want to break down this episode of Inside the Den. I think it's something that's really interesting to talk about because there's actually like a lot of stuff like we're new while watching this. Like it wasn't like something like we just knew or was expected. Like there was like right. twists and turns. We were actually inside the war room for all seven draft picks or what do we have? Six draft picks? Seven, seven draft picks. Six? Six? Yeah, six. Um, so I, I, I just want to get into this. So Pierre, um, obviously we already saw the war room with Panay Sewell when they drafted him, Brad Holmes and the whole war room was ecstatic when they, when they drafted Sewell. But I thought it was something unique when it was Miami picking up pick six, and they're kind of just chanting Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle. Uh, what was your kind of thoughts on seeing the transparency from Brad Holmes and, and just Campbell in general in the the Lions war room? It kind of reminded you. Remember how our draft party was? Yeah, like everyone was hoping for Waddle or Smith to go to them. Yeah, it was it kind of reminded me of that. That's, yeah, that's what they were hoping too. And it seems like they they sort of knew that Miami wasn't going to take a tackle. And then once Swaddle was the pick, like they erupted. It was like yeah. they went, they hit the lottery, right? Like, yeah. Sewell was their guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was like awesome. You hear Campbell was like, take one of the Alabama boys. I think those were like the exact words I said. And like when we were doing this live session back on our draft party, like, I'm like, you know, take a wide, take one of these Bama boys, get to a connection with one of his Bama boys. And, you know, they sure as hell did do that. I, I wish they had the reaction for the fifth pick on Cincinnati because that's when I was really scared was when Cincinnati was picking. So I would have loved to see the reaction when they took Jamar Chase over Sewell because obviously that was, you know, the the big 50-50 pick if uh, Cincinnati was going to go with Sewell or they're going to go with Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow's boy. And, you know, they obviously chose Jamar Chase. But, right. uh, but going into the draft, more into the draft, besides for the first round, there was more day one coverage than usual for the Lions. Uh, so obviously they only had the one draft pick and they actually only ended up making the one draft selection. But you saw multiple times in day one of the NFL draft of just Brad Holmes and Campbell. Like they're kind of just, you know, pandering and just they didn't know what to do. Like they kind of wanted to trade up. And it, it looks like, at least from the episode, they made it seem like this. It, it seemed like Levi Onzerike was their guy, and he was very highly regarded on their on their you know their board. So, um, what would right. you see from you know you know Brad Holmes in the the front office you know reacting to Levi and drafted him? Well, Holmes said like they attempted to trade up, but like John Dorsey was a former GM, I believe. Like he basically told him to be patient; he'll be there. Just take patient; he'll be there. And what do you know? He was there, right? So yeah. It was kind of like, I like the discipline, I want to say, that this staff showed in the draft. Because they were panicking a couple times, as you saw in the video. Mm -hmm. But they got their guy both times without trading up. I I think the most underrated guy in this line's front office. And he he got some hype when they hired him. But it is John Dorsey just having the experience in that draft room. And kind of just knowing how the draft goes, obviously, with all that experience of him being in the room and multiple different front offices. It was really, you know, unique and nice for him to kind of just be like the final say, the final stamp of just saying, you know, let's not panic. You know, you have multiple guys you like at this position. You don't need to, you know, trade future draft capital for a guy when you could just sit back and, and see what happens. So I, I, I do like the discipline, like you said, that they showed. And you got to give a lot of credit to John Dorsey because – you know, this was Brad Holmes' obviously first draft being the head GM. This is Dan Campbell's first draft of him being the head coach. So, you know, they, they did show off a lot of discipline, you know, in these first two days, which is very important because, you know, you can't just always be trading up and giving up future draft capital. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with that. 
Uh, okay, now going to the next pick. This was one of my favorite reactions of, of the whole draft. It was when they drafted Aline McNeil in the third round with their first third round pick. Yeah. Uh, the, the FaceTime call between Aline McNeil and, and Brad Holmes, or the phone call, I should say, Aline McNeil just seemed like this was a, just a regular common day to him. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, what up, no? He goes, what up, no? <laughs> and then Brad Holmes, you ready to be the Detroit line? For sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, like Elite McNeil. So, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that? They were they were really excited when they got Elite McNeil. So, like, it's just nice to see, like, this staff actually drafting guys who have a personality, not shying away from that. Yeah. Right? You saw, like, the last the last regime. If you had a personality, you were probably off their board. Uh-huh. It's just they traded guys with personality, traded guys away, like Slay, Diggs, um, Snacks. They released him, right? Mm-hmm. So... You could just tell, like, this staff is all about building a fun culture, having guys buying in, but also, like, showing yourself that it's okay to show some personality. We saw that with Levi. Remember how he went crazy? Like, yeah. gonna fuck shit up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he had a lean, just kind of, like, laid back, cool dude. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really cool seeing that. Yeah, I know, obviously, this isn't, like, new news. Like, the Lions' first three picks are obviously – all within the trenches with the offensive line, with the defensive line, two draft selections in a row. Something I will say, and I'm not saying this is going to work, but I'm going to say if I was ever a NFL head coach, this is the way I would build it. I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but I'm just saying if I were the NFL, if I were ever an NFL head coach or a coach in any, you know, league of football, that's how I would do it. It's just build it inside out. And, Hearing Dan Campbell just love all these like big guys and wanting to build it this way, and uh, something we have to also mention with Holmes, he he, he even said it's like we're we don't have the luxury of just taking guys right now. Like we right. we know we're not just this year we're gonna take players and gonna help us right away. Um, I mean we're not gonna just take players at a luxury this year just for this year. Like we have to help the team, you know, two three years down the line because I think Brad Holmes and Campbell have been really honest with this situation, knowing. They're not selling you on false hope and saying that we're going to win a division title this year. Or, you know, like they're telling you that this is kind of a process and that they didn't really have the luxury of taking, let's say, a bigger position of need. Because I think we could all agree that wide receiver is definitely more of a position of need than the defensive line. But, you know, Holmes just going with the best player available on his, his opinion and how his board and how the scouts saw it. So you got to just respect him doing that. Obviously, year one of, of him being a general manager, it, it would be really easy just to come in and say, let's compete right away. Let me get positions of need. Let's get day one starters, and let's, have, let's try to make an impact. But no, Holmes has taken this as let's get good football players in, and we're going to try to build something down the line instead of just doing it, you know, putting in bandages, kind of like what the last regime did, you know? So we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know what this rebuild sort of reminds me of? Remember how the Niners, they took like offensive linemen, defensive linemen, like their first few, like couple years when they got the job? Yeah, it um, was, uh, who was it? Bosa, Solomon Thomas. Um, McGlinchey. McGlinchey, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's three straight trench, uh, and then, trench picks um, right there. And then the, like, the Washington football team. Yep. Before they had Payne, right? Payne was a first-round pick. Chase Young's a first-round pick. Yep. Monta Suez a first-round pick. Like Jonathan, you win, Matt, Jonathan Allen even, too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. So you win football games in the trenches. I know yeah. that's like a – It's a cliche. <laughs> it's a cliche, right? But yeah. It's true, though. Like, you looked at the Lions last year. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't rush the pasture. When you don't have any of that, that's how your defense is awful because corners are being asked to cover all day, and there's no – like, the defense linemen are not opening any lanes for linebackers. So I, it hurts the entire defense. And I could even bring up a Lions example, like, in 2018. Like, you remember just the impact and how many times I said it week in and week out and day in and day out of, of the Damon Snacks Harrison effect? Like, when he was in his prime, when he got traded, like, mm-hmm. straight from the Lions in 2018 and just – how much of an impact he made on that defense right away. Yeah. I mean, could you argue that interior defense alignment can make or break a defense if you have a really good one? I wouldn't say make or break a defense. I would say it could, like, make the defense go to the next level. Because okay. one guy. Yeah. Like, one like guy. Aaron Donald or something, obviously, yeah. or, like, or like, like a DeForest Buckner. Pressure, yeah. yeah, like DeForest yeah. Buckner. Yeah. Like, he took them to the next level, right? They were, like, an average defense. He comes in there. They become, like, a top-five defense. Like, I think an interior guy, like, if you have a, a bad interior defense alignment, I think they could really hurt your defense. Like, I, it, it really hurts your defense if you don't have a top interior guy. Oh, absolutely. Opinion. Teams will just run it up the gut. Exactly. And But if you have one of those top guys, he could turn a bottom-half defense, defense to a – uh, you know, he could, like you said, take it to the next level. Like, they have that potential because interior defensive linemen are so important to teams because they have so many roles on the defense. And it might not be the biggest stat sheet numbers, but they're eating up blocks to free up their teammates. You know, if that's them taking a double team, you right. have a linebacker shoot up the middle. Or, you know, if you're taking a double team, the edge right next to you is going to have a lot more room. Or the other defensive tackle, like if it's a three-tack or whatever. It frees up a defense, and it opens up so much more. And we've talked about this before. You can get away with the average secondary if you have, like, a really good defensive line. Just look at San Francisco. Like, they made Richard Sherman look so much better and made his career sustain way longer than it should have. 
I mean, just look at the lines like a few years ago when Darius Slay was starting to come to his home. They had Rasheen Mathis. He was a solid corner, but he wasn't nothing special. Mm-hmm. Wilbur Quinn was kind of starting to like become a star at that time. Yeah. When the line that was, that was, I believe, Sue, Anza, and Fairley, right? And then they had Levy. And then they had Levy up the middle. Like all those guys became better when like Sue, like played his best year. Oh yeah, I mean, remember when Sue got the suspension? Or was supposed to get the suspension after the Week Seventeen yeah. game versus the Packers. He stepped on Rodgers, and he was supposed to miss that that Dallas Cowboys game. If he misses that Dallas Cowboys game, that defense goes from a top, what were they top two in uh, rushing defense that year? Something they go, like that, yeah. they they go from a top three or top two rushing defense to. Uh, I mean, it's not very good after that. Indominus Su opened up so many lanes for that defense and made everyone better on that defense. And that's what interior guys yeah. can do to a defense. Yeah, and then another thing also with the staff is they actually, the guys they drafted are athletic. Yeah. Nate Sewell is athletic. Livy Anzaruke, Aline McNeil, those guys are athletic. So it's yeah. good to have some juice in the front seven and, and on the O-line. We've talked about this a lot, like, you need to have speed in today's game. Patricia, I don't know for whatever reason why he left slow guys just to clog up lanes. It didn't work out, obviously. You need yeah. speed, especially in today's NFL. Like, if you were – Patricia built a diva for, like, the 1980s. Yeah, and, and it's not to say these guys are going to be automatically successful and, like, guys like right. uh, Lee McDeal and Levi Enzerick are going to automatically fix his defense, but – it's the upside that you're getting with these guys that have the potential to fix the defense. Like, like I said, if I was a general manager, if I was a head coach, these are the type of guys I bring in to kind of fix my defense of what I had previously. And these are the type of guys I bring in to try to fix that. So I like the upside and where it could end up going for the lines. But obviously I am a 20 year old, uh, guy watching from my basement pierre is a (laughs) 25 year old watching from his basement so like our opinions on that case it's that's up to the scouts yeah so Um, we'll see but like i said i love the track path that they're going towards right now yeah and then when you look at like the next pick if he like brad holmes said he just stuck out he was the best player he was waving at them yeah he said he (laughs) he was waving at them yeah so like he didn't he didn't, like, reach for a receiver. I think it was Sheila who basically said, what about, like, a receiver? And Holmes yeah. said, there's this USC kid that we like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Amon Ross and Brown, they took him in the fourth. But it just shows that, like, how they're not going to reach for a player just based on need. If they have a player rated higher on their board right now, they're going to take that player regardless of the need. You see, maybe if this was a future draft, let's say, like, next year, maybe they don't do a pick like that. But when you're in a position like the Lions right now where every position essentially is available right now and open for, for the taking, um, I don't mind that because you're so early into this rebuild and you're so early into the evaluation of the process of players you're going to have in the future. I don't mind Brad Holmes taking a guy who he thinks has high potential because like he said earlier in, the, in you know, that video and like we've been saying all offseason – once they hire these guys, or even before they hire Brad Holmes, whoever was going to take this job, this these picks aren't luxury picks. Like you can't just take players this year where the Lions are in this rebuild for a luxury and thing because we need that position right now. Right. The Lions are in a position where they just need to take who they think are the best football players. And obviously, we'll see how that ends up going by you know Brad Holmes' scouts and. Brad Holmes making the final stamp and John Dorsey and Campbell and everyone. So, right. That's how we're going to really get, you know, 
we're really telling like we're going down the line like you just didn't have that position where you're making luxury picks if this was patricia you know patricia had the luxury of making luxury picks because he had a, a inherited roster that was already nine and seven so that's why the draft processes you know from patricia to this are completely different because where the team was was completely different so it's just completely different processes i mean obviously patricia and quinn's drafts just didn't really work out but like their process was that we're going to take guys that are going to help us immediately and you know it's fair enough because it's a completely different process what they had to deal with and what Holmes and Campbell are going to uh you know deal with this year but down the line you're going to see hopefully Holmes and Campbell make more luxury picks and maybe even as as soon as next year right I mean if they make luxury picks next year that means they're way ahead that's what I'm saying yeah that's what I said hope is as soon as 2022 (laughs) but like Realistically, it could be 2023. I mean, that's yeah. like usually around the era, uh, area. I would say that you know the Lions could start me, uh, making luxury picks. So it's gonna be interesting. Um, it's just where they are in the rebuild. They just didn't really have that luxury to to do that. So and then um, um, going on like with the video, they said they identified two guys: Amandra St. Brown and Derek Barnes in the fourth, but they only had one pick. Yeah. So what they do. They literally, while they're making one of the picks, I think it was Mike Disner, they said, right? I forgot which guy it was. But they worked on a trade. They traded up to get that pick. And then they with Cleveland. Took, with Cleveland, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they traded up with Cleveland. So they took Amon Rassine Brown, who they identified, who Brad Holmes basically told Sheila, like, let's be patient. This kid is there for us. So they take him. They obviously liked him a lot. And then they take um, Derek Barnes who they loved. It seems like all of the players they took, they loved all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if there were some other guys, I assume there probably was other guys where they were like pissed when they got selected, obviously. And the Lions probably edited that out, which is, you know, you're not going to put that in. That's possible, but like... Yeah. But it, it seems, seems like, like they were... Pick, they were thrilled, though. Yeah. Like every but, pick. Yeah, yeah, like if you want to just like look at like the whole front office or the whole war room, like they were stacked about every pick where... I mean, let's just go to Philadelphia for a little bit. You remember when they selected uh, Milton Williams? He was their third-round pick, I think, pick 82. The kid from Louisiana Tech. Sorry, I can't speak right now. Uh, when they took uh, Milton Williams, uh, the reaction in that whole war room was just not ecstatic. Like, yeah, there were some guys in there that were excited and like excited for the pick, but not the whole war room. Yeah. So um, you saw the reaction from like it seems like the whole war room where they were just really excited um, about each and every pick that they made and even like as far as the seventh round pick Jamar Jefferson like they they were ex- excited about that because he was the third pick from you know what do they call Mister Irrelevant uh, when you're the last pick so you know he he was close to that range but even then you know they were kind of surprised he was still on the board and they were able to draft him and. Just going on with Campbell, he was like ecstatic with the the UDFAs that they got to bring in. Like you just saw all the excitement every like every sign they made, especially the receiver position. He was said he was going to do backflips with the sign stage Surratt. Yeah, it seems like they were um, really high on him, like as an undrafted guy. And other guys, like I thought it was really cool how the undrafted free agency worked. Like you had scouts calling, you had like Mike Disner, John Dorsey, right. Yeah. They basically were saying, we got this guy. I forgot which players they were exact, but they were saying, like, we got this guy, we got this guy. It was yeah. really cool to see, like, how it works. we never really seen, like, how that works. Yeah. 
Now, the UDFA process has always been an interesting one because, like, I, I never knew that's how it worked. Honestly. They're literally just calling guys and just signing them to contracts, which is insane. But, um, no, that was really cool. It's a cool moment. I love these new videos because it's just like you're getting more of the inside of the lines. It's like you're getting more connected with the team and you kind of know these guys more. And it's just kind of cool. You, you see the process that they're building. It might not always be the process that everyone agrees with, and that's fine. But you, you see the process and you, you understand what's happening where so many times in the last regime, I'm like, what is this? Like, what is the explanation of doing this? Now you're just kind of getting – the explanation of why they're making these picks, why it makes sense. You're seeing the scouts themselves, right. like the Lions scouts, you know, explaining their reasoning on these guys. So I, I love it, man. I, I actually, I love the transparency of th- this new Lions wave. And I thought it was kind of cool as well. Um, someone that gets a lot of, you know, shit for is, is Sheila Ford. Like, I mean, she was involved. She was in the warm the whole time. And, yeah. you know, she's asking questions like, you know, obviously she's not the most familiar with, you know, what's what's actually happening. But it was just kind of cool. She seemed like she was, like, genuinely excited for what was actually happening. And, you know, her being the worm for all seven, you know, seven rounds. It's a long day. So um, I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yeah, it was pretty much. So if you think about it, it was pretty much Sheila's first draft, Brad Holmes' first draft, and Dan Campbell's first draft. And it seems like it went how they wanted it to go. Like, everything went their way. Yeah, for sure. It was really cool to see. Like, And with the last tab, we never really saw that kind of transparency, that kind of honesty. Like, everything was always so secretive and Patriot Way-like. That's what I'm saying. It's just, like, very – it's, like, complete 180. I think you can go even 360. Go the whole well, circle. 360 is back around, though. Where <laughs> yeah. You so, yeah. I want to say 360. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was it was interesting, man. I really enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed, like, every second of that, that episode. Yeah, me too. So, I think with that, uh, do you got anything else to add from what you saw on the Inside the, what are they called, the Inside the Den, episode three? I thought it was kind of cool how, like, Magic Johnson called up Amon Rossing Brown. That was awesome. Yeah, that was like it's like I didn't even know he knew him. That that was cool. So, Magic's a hometown guy too. He's from Detroit. He's also like has a lot of like stuff going on in LA too. So it was really cool seeing like how he's connected to um and Rossi and Brown. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, with that being said, I think me and you both give it an A plus on the video production from the Lions and love the new Absolutely. transparency of what they showed and just kind of being that inside the worm was, was insane. So uh, really enjoy the Lions giving us all that, that coverage and all that video and just seeing it all. It was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, more of this stuff down the line too with the Lions if, you know, once the season gets going and everything. So I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed. And with that being said, I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.